and welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast where we explore simple living and high thinking. Each week, we join Vivek Gupta as he offers insights on bringing the divine into the daily. Vivekji has experienced much of what the world has to offer, whether it is attending an elite business school or traveling to almost 50 countries. However, tired with the inconsistent and incomplete peace associated with these pursuits, he decided to turn his journey within. Over the last decade, Vivekji has shared his observations on the signs of independent joy with communities across North America and beyond. Welcome to the second to last episode of the Meditation in Life series. As we approach the experience of complete inner silence, Vivekji reminds us to let go of extrovertness, observe our subtle experience, and ultimately to just be. Let's listen in. Hariyom, and greetings from Niagara Falls. A contemplator is not one who depends on a environment. They do not feel that contemplation is a activity. Contemplator is one who's broken down the walls between controlled and uncontrolled. For them, contemplation is not an activity. Contemplation is living. One becomes yama. When you think of yama, you yamayati yaha sa. The one who's fully disciplined A contemplator, their discipline is never broken. A contemplator becomes dharma. Dharma is ever directed towards Brahma, as in the infinite. A contemplator only lives for enlightenment. as we complete our course, for you to feel out if you've become a contemplator, if you've become yama, if you've become dharma. I'll try to speak more slowly because I believe there is some instability in my mind and in my voice. So try to uh, follow along. Renunciation, I'm reviewing our last chapter. Renunciation is not physical. Renunciation is metaphysical. When one renounces physically, one feels just because that they've started to become a observer but that's not true. Renunciation is metaphysical where whether one owns or not, one is a observer. An observer of articles, 
an observer of circumstances, an observer of beings, an observer of every layer of themselves, body, breath, mind, intellect, and most of all, ego. If you're feeling stuck, it's because you're owning. And I remind you again, you're owning metaphysically. And what one needs to do is to start to observe. With less weight, one can rise up. This same thought is continued in the 37th chapter, Inner Silence. All of our secular strength will crack eventually. It does not matter what sort of combination and permutation of pleasure, possession, position you put up, this will crack. When I bring Vyasa from upstairs to downstairs, it's generally quiet in the morning. And you'll hear a creaking in the wood or in the wall. And he'll say, what's that noise? And I try to explain to him that the home is settling. What's settling? <laughs> so I tried to show him that the whole world is spinning in two directions, and our home is on that world, so it's moving too. And he said, no, it's not. And then he points to his little home that's not, not move, moving in the corner. <laughs> but isn't that the house settling? And every home, yours and mine, is going to crack eventually. It happens outside, it happens inside also. We know this, and this is felt as agitation. Even when you have the perfect setup, and the majority of us do have the perfect setup, we're still agitated. And when that agitation is felt inside, what do we do? We go outside. Our default is to be an extrovert. Eat more, shop more, talk more. We'll take this even more deeply, even though this is already deep and difficult. <laughs> Anyone who's still anatma vasana heavy. Anatma vasana, I feel I'm the body and not Brahman. And I'm saying heavy. You cannot exhaust all of your vasanas. I've shared that multiple times. You eventually have to disown your vasanas. If one is still anatma vasana heavy, one is going to crack. This Cracking is felt in, in so many different ways. I told you, in a secular way, it's agitation. In a more deep way, it's dejection. I'm dejected that I've invested so much into my 
sadhana, into myself, I'm dependently joyous. Our relationship, and I have a relationship with you. I don't know if you're reciprocating that. Within me, I have little to no expectations of any of you within me. But externally, objectively, I have very high expectations of all of you. It is only when you have these very high expectations do you become anatma vasana light. Otherwise, every person you meet will say, you're part of this course, good enough. You pray for 15 minutes in the morning, good enough. During our everyone is at home. There is struggle. More courses are being offered. More is being asked of you. Tan man and tan. It is these very high expectations. They help us to lighten our vasanas. This has been my personal experience with, with Swami Tejumayananda and how externally demanding he is of me. And this has been the best for me. The only way to be uncrackable is through contemplation. Contemplation is where you rediscover that layer of you, the atma that is uncrackable. A synonym for the atma is akshara. Akshara means indestructible, immovable, and on and on and on. If you're sick and tired of being agitated, if you're sick and tired of being dejected, give more of yourself. You must give more of yourself to contemplation. As you do so, you will start to have unique experiences. That's what this chapter focuses on. The gross world, for you to contemplate, you have to renounce that. Renounce that metaphysically. So now you're living in your subtle world. And the subtle world has subtler pleasures, subtler possessions, and mostly, most tricky is subtler positions. So let me share this again. If you want to be a contemplator, you have to metaphysically renounce all that you own, specifically labels. Any label you have of yourself, you have to renounce that. A label that I'm young, a label that I'm old, a label that I'm rich, a label that I'm poor, any sort of labels. That has to be let go of so that you can go deeper inside of you. Now, once you're deeper into who you are, we're starting to experience the subtle world. What happens is you may hear sounds, a bell, a conch. You may see lights. 
the colors of the rainbow, bright white, all of these as if accomplishments. See, that's what we get trapped in. If I hear this, I feel very accomplished then. Look at this next world I got to, correct? It's like I'm a deva now. Before I was manava, now I'm a deva. And for those who are weak, then you go and tell other people, you know? You didn't smell agarbati in the last half an hour. <laughs> so you have to let go of that too. And I'm saying this may happen. Visually, Bhagavan Ganesha has how many wives? He has two wives and their names are Riddhi, Siddhi Devi. And whenever you see Bhagavan Ganesha, he's in the middle. And he's not actually touching Riddhi Devi or Siddhi Devi. Here, Riddhi Devi and Siddhi Devi, they're symbols for labels and accomplishments. They're symbols for pleasures and positions. And he is the master, not of them, a master of himself. He is not holding on to them. He is not distracted by them. Now, in the most practical sense, what you need to do as you enter your subtle world, be prepared for any sort of experience that will come to you. I mentioned sounds, I mentioned colors. And if you're prepared, when they come, you will simply watch them. You will not own them, you will observe them. Observing means watching, yes? Witness them. Because if you don't, if you're still owning labels, you're going to own that accomplishment also. I'll give you an example of what Sheila and I are going through. We're still trying to sleep train Shuka, and it's going well. When he wakes up at, say, 4 a.m., and it's not that he's hungry. He's just developed this habit that he should be fed at this time. So we are prepared to let him cry. We'll let him cry for 20 minutes. I'll go in, I'll comfort him for one, and then I'll leave again. And he'll cry for another 20 minutes. And slowly this is building up. This morning he got up at 5.30. From getting up at whatever time I said to now it's 5.30. That crying, it is physically disturbing because he's so loud. <laughs> Today I was watching him. He reminds me of Donkey Kong. Do you all know who Donkey Kong is? And just grabs things and breaks things and, and pounds his chest. That's like Shuka right now. <laughs> but mentally, it doesn't bother us that he cries because we're prepared for it. So we watch. This is how to keep on going deeper from the gross to the subtle. And finally, you have to reach the causal. The causal is the unconscious. The causal is the vasanas. And when you reach there, you know that's not you. 
That's what I mean by disowning the vasanas. Right now, it's a very general idea. I'm not my vasanas. But once you are a more adept contemplator and you feel those vasanas, you've already gone through the gross and the simply another layer, another trick of the ego. When you practice contemplation, there is a feeling of expansiveness. This is a, a fine sign of you letting go of your body consciousness. That you just, this expansiveness is the truth actually. It's when you stop contemplating and you come back to shoulder, pants, etc., that the untruth has resumed. But that expansiveness is the truth. And when you <coughs> feel this <coughs> in your contemplation, that's a, a sign for you that you're tuning up to the infinite. And a way to build on this, and I've shared this with you overtly, covertly, think big. Think in an expansive way. When you do this consciously, when you start to reach the subconscious, the unconscious, you've already trained yourself to do that. Anyone who thinks small, anyone who acts out of fear, you can't be a contemplator then. You've given too much reality to the relative. That's why you're thinking small. You feel small, you think small. Yes? When you do reach, maybe a better word is rediscover your inner silence, stay there. Be there. Forget about anything and everything else. The past, don't remember. I used to be this much of a contemplator, but now look at how much of a contemplator I am. Don't remember that. Don't describe what you're experiencing. Simply receive. Receive that grace of the creator who's taking you to your own consciousness. As soon as you bring in that worldly mindset of remembering or, or planning, oh, I have a business meeting now, or I have a phone call, or, Meaningful mornings has started. Who cares? <laughs> Simply receive. And I'll complete this chapter with connecting you to Srimad Bhagavatam. In the eighth skanda, the eighth section, which many of us are now immersed in, this begins with Gajendra's Moksha the enlightenment of the elephant king. He tries everything he can do <coughs> to be freed of a crocodile while being in a lake. And we are that elephant. For those of you who feel this is too abstract, I'll share briefly. We are that elephant. The lake is pleasure and the crocodile is desire. 
the deeper you go into pleasure, this becomes a desire then, no? And that desire, once it's holding on to, you can't come out. And when Gijendra comes to understand and appreciate how powerless he is, he gives his mind to Bhagavan Hari. When you give your mind to the Creator, it is Bhagavan's responsibility to make you remember her, him, as you age, as you die. And I'm only bringing in this timeline because we keep reading hasten slowly, hasten slowly, hasten slowly. Swami Chinmayananda is very aware of how time-oriented we are. Understand and appreciate how powerless you are. You, as in the jiva. And then give your mind to the creator. Make it his responsibility for that mind to perpetually remember him while alive, while aging, while dying. Because the last thought you have, if it's of the creator, you will be freed. Just like Gajendra. Just like that Makara, that crocodile. Think big. Feel big. Receive. Receive that protection. Receive that grace if you enjoyed what you heard or want to learn more share this episode with a friend or find us online at facebook.com slash cm niagara for those on the journey of self-development chinmaya mission niagara provides a community forum for seekers to listen reflect and contemplate this podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.